again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to Think Again, a program presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation working for social change for over 25 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. And today we're talking about the militarisation of our foreign policy and why we seem to be aiding and abetting the US and NATO military expansion into our region. Yeah, there are so many issues demanding our attention, really. Just think about environment and climate change, the referendum on the voice, the housing shortage, cleaning up the government's, the governance mess from the last couple of governments, the scams and frauds of the big four banks, and the latest scandals surrounding consulting firms milking our taxpayer dollars while also using confidential information to increase their business. Mm, that's quite a list, Shark. <laughs> and Lately, we are also told that hundreds of thousands more people have to be unemployed in service of the economy. Yes. The incoming RBA chief thinks we should be in service of the economy's sustainability, Mm. even while we're all not so concerned about the environment's sustainability, apparently. We all have to look after the economy. That's right. But all of those concerns wanting our attention, why would we want to return and think again about things that don't seem to directly affect us? Mm. Yeah, of course, we're talking about the militarisation of our foreign policy, as I said. Yes, however reluctantly we strongly feel that we need to return to Australia's foreign policy, more specifically the militarisation of our foreign policy where we seem to be putting a lot of our limited resources, not to speak of the attention of our government. Mm. Our resources are limited, still having to repair some of the social and economic damages inflicted by the pandemic and by the repeated disasters that have befallen us in the past few years, like Mm. fires and floods. And we need to return to the issue of militarization and the industrial military complex because we still need some hope, some hope for our dreams and for the possibility of peace peace as a nation and as individuals and for the future of our children and grandchildren. So now, to what concerns us about militarization? Listeners will have noticed that several members of the Labour government have been flying around the world quite a lot recently. Penny Wong seems to just get in and out of planes ever since she got the job of foreign minister now well over a year ago. Mm. And Albo has been practicing international statesmanship a lot as well. And his deputy, Miles, also the present defence minister, must also be on the phone to the other members of the Five Eyes Combo, the combo of countries that, uh, in case you forgot, uh, the Five Eyes are the collective spy alliance of the entire Anglosphere, the US, the UK, Canada, Australia and New Zealand. And my, have they been busy warmongering. Mm-hmm. 
after Albo's attendance at the NATO summit in Europe, in one of the Baltic republics, a lot of not-so-peaceful things came to us, across the two oceans that separate us from the North Atlantic, which NATO's first two letters actually refer to. Yeah, so you're talking about the NATO summit in Vilnius, uh, yes, Lithuania. That's, mm-hmm. that's right, on the northeast side of the Atlantic Ocean. Mm-hmm. And you're quite in legitimate terrain if you are wondering why RPM, a democratically elected leader of a country like ours, situated on the southwest of the Pacific Ocean, would be invited across these two oceans on the other side of the world to a meeting nominally devoted to a treaty. Treaty, that's the T in NATO, Mm -hmm. in that rather far away ocean. And remember, NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, was established after World War II to contain what was seen as the communist threat during the Cold War, initially having 12 members, 10 countries being Western European, and the other two being the US and Canada. Mm, That's right. So... I guess we can stop wondering why our PM attended the NATO summit, Jacques, since Mm. we've heard that NATO is planning to open a liaison office in Japan. Mm. (laughs) So, like Australia, Japan is positioned on the western side of the Pacific Ocean. Of course, Japan being on the northwest side, while we're on the southwest side of the Pacific Ocean. And like us, Japan is also signalling its attention to increase its influence in the Indo-Pacific region. So the Indo-Pacific region meaning the Western and Central Pacific Ocean, the tropical waters of the Indian Ocean and the seas connecting the two, sort of all up north above us. Yeah. Yeah, so we hope that you have your atlas closed or... Yeah, that's right, or, or Google, or, or yeah, but use do, Ecosia to find it, a map. But it's interesting to have a bit of a look at the distance we actually are having between us and the North Atlantic. Mm. And don't be surprised, really, as we have mentioned in an earlier program, already Australia is something like an observer or an advisory nation to NATO. So with the invitation to the NATO summit in Vilnius, Australia seems to be getting ever more intertwined with NATO. Our PM, our Prime Minister, eagerly attending the summit recently as part of what is called the IP4. Another acronym. That's right, Mm -hmm. which is the four non-member states of the NATO in the Indo-Pacific. That's where the IP comes from. Other countries being Japan, South Korea and New Zealand. And all, together with Australia, chocker full of US and UK military bases and installations. Just so that you start smelling the rat. Mm. So, this is all especially ominous, seeing that the US and NATO have played a very active role in actually creating, creating the current war in Ukraine. Uh, While we well know Russia's indisputably blameworthy role in invading Ukraine from our mainstream media, we know much, much less about how the US actually planned this conflict many years before, directly and also through its dominance of NATO. Mm, And the US actively blocked 
democratic government in Ukraine and various peacemaking efforts since 2014. Mm, so definitely the blood of innocent Ukrainians and the destruction of so much private and public infrastructure is on the hands of the US administration and military as well as on Russia's. Mm-hmm. And many listeners will find this incredible, yet it's true. And the facts bear it out for, for anyone who wants to find the facts. They're not mm-hmm. that hard to find. And, and um, some will find it incredible just because the truth is so opposite to what we're being told by our mainstream media, including the ABC in most of its coverage, uh, with the occasional exception, uh, for instance, a late night mm-hmm. live recently. So for listeners who are interested... Uh, we gave a, a bit of a chronology of events leading up to the war in Ukraine in our program in mid-May last year. So that was mid-May mm-hmm. 2022, mm-hmm. especially highlighting how the US instigated and helped overthrow the Ukrainian government in power in 2014. Yeah. Jeffrey Sachs talked about this recently in his speech to SHAPE. SHAPE is an acronym which stands for Saving Humanity and Planet Earth, mm-hmm. which was co-organized, uh, co-organized by our friend Joe Camilleri, who was professor or is professor emeritus at La Trobe University and also an activist in Pax Christi. Uh, Jeffrey, so what, Pax Christi? Pax Christi is a Christian Catholic organization which started in the 50s worldwide uh, to basically promote peace. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Sachs is a well-known U.S. professor of international development at Columbia University in New York. In his speech, his contribution to that shape uh, seminar, he explained how the growth of NATO was long planned, from 15 members in the 50s to 30 members now, now encircling the entire western border of Russia. Specifically, the intention to include Ukraine in that NATO expansion was long planned. To call Jeffrey Sachs, the U.S.'s NATO enlargement plan has led us directly to the Ukraine war, which is indeed a proxy Russia-U.S. war over NATO enlargement. He says, and I quote again, The idea of the U.S. security establishment from the early 1990s was U.S.-led unipolarity, or U.S. hegemony. In the early 1990s, the U.S. rejected measures to help stabilize the Soviet economy as it transitioned into the Russian economy after the collapse of the USSR, while it also began planning the NATO enlargement in direct contradiction to what the U.S. and Germany had promised Gorbachev and Yeltsin. So the issue of NATO enlargement, including to Ukraine, is part of a U.S. game plan that started in the early 1990s and eventually led to the Ukraine war. The U.S. was deeply involved in the overthrow of Ukraine's pro-Russian president in 2014. Yes, this was a coup. And to an important extent, a regime change operation of the United States. Such U.S. meddling was disgusting and destabilizing, and all part of the game plan to enlarge NATO to Ukraine and Georgia, 
end of quote. Mm. And really giving lie to the idea that the US is merely interested in spreading democracy uh, with all that interference. And don't forget that Jeffrey Sachs actually is a US citizen. Mm. And all of this, of course, happened alongside the other United States and Western interventions in North Africa and the Middle East, which we have commented on repeatedly in earlier programs as well. So just in tune with what we're trying to commit to you, dear listeners, let's listen to Say Peace by Blue King Brown. Listening to Think Again on 3CR Radio, 855am on your dial, and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're questioning the militarisation of our foreign policy, particularly Australia's intertwining with US imperatives for global dominance and NATO's budding expansion into the Indo Pacific, a long way 
from its home. Mm, certainly is. And Jacques, before the break, you mentioned US and Western interventions in North Africa and the Middle East. So let, let's have a look at China. Going back to Jeffrey Sachs' speech to shape, Saving Humanity and Planet Earth, he cites another report with a step-by-step, with, with this report having a step-by-step game plan to achieve US world dominance. Uh, the report uh, he cites was by ambassadors Robert Blackwell and Ashley Tellis and written for the influential US Council on Foreign Relations. So this is a quote from the report. With approval, it says, quote, Since its founding, the United States has consistently pursued a grand strategy focused on acquiring and maintaining preeminent power over various rivals. First, on the North American continent, then in the Western Hemisphere, and finally, globally, unquote. Mm. <laughs> um, the authors then argue that, quote, preserving US primacy in the global system ought to remain the central objective of US grand strategy in the 21st century. It's a little bit honesty there, huh? Unquote. <laughs> yes, you'd think it was being said by a critic. It's That's actually right. being said by, by the, the champions, That's right. inside champions of the US. So as Jeffrey Sachs points out, the US goal here is very straightforward, global primacy over the world by the United States. And then ambassadors, Blackwell and Tellus, lay out the steps for the US to achieve this. So there's three steps. Number one, create trade arrangements that exclude China while giving preferential treatment to US friends and allies. Step two, create a technology regime with friends and allies that blocks Chinese strategic capabilities. And step three, here we come to the nub. The third point includes, quote, improving the capability of US military forces to effectively project power along the Asian rimlands, despite any Chinese opposition, unquote. So that's pretty clear. As Sachs points out, this plan is actually being followed. We can see it being followed. Overall, the US and overall, the US goal is not world peace. Obviously, it's world domination. Yeah, by its own. Yep, admissions. Admissions, that's That's right. right. And when references are made to the so-called rules-based order by our politicians or in media comments, that is the order that is referred to, unipolar world domination by the US, aided and abetted by its, its allies, especially the Five Eyes Club, including Australia, seemingly all too happy and willing to refer to and support that rules-based order. Yeah, and not the type of uh, internationals that rules that would stop you invading Iraq, for example. Yeah, like the United Nations uh, uh, allowed or uh, decided. Yeah. Exactly. And which would therefore also justify such invases, inv- invasions without challenge. A bit like a repeat of the colonial invasions, really, if you think about it. Mm. So, unfortunately, our leaders seem happy to let us be sucked into the vortex of United States global ambitions, not least the infamous AUKUS pledge to spend 
$186 billion on nuclear subs, all without any public debate or discussion. Yeah, that was agreed to breathlessly fast when you think of it and confirmed overnight by the present government when it was in opposition after it was taken by surprise by the new plan by the then Morrison government. That's right. Meanwhile, snuggling Australia ever firmer into the embrace of warmonger United States and in true bipartisanship about secrecy in military affairs, the two major parties seem to have been sworn into without us, the demos, the people in democracy, Mm -hmm. having a say in such pivotal decision-making, reaching far into the future. So where is the democracy that we are supposedly wanting to spread while tucked under the US's wings? Yeah, Yeah, and and as you say, without any public input or discussion, Mm -hmm. even even cursory or tokenistic, nothing... (laughs) So past Labor PM Keating he has been in the media lately again for the right reasons mm. and he was so right to warn us against NATO's expansion or attempts for expansion into Asia. In appropriately biting words, he recently said this, quote, exporting that malicious poison to Asia would be akin to Asia welcoming the plague itself. <laughs> Unquote. Thank you. Yeah, while he Paul was ra- while he was roundly criticised, he certainly made a lot more sense than the nonsense spouted by Defence Minister Richard Miles, who definitely should know better and be much better informed. On Radio National on the thirteenth of July, Miles spouted a lot of nonsense, somehow justifying NATO's interest in the Indo-Pacific and highlighting our allegiance as being all part of our interest in a global rules-based order. So Mm -hmm. there it is. Does he really believe that stuff? Don't know. (laughs) Really, the death of Simon Crean a few weeks ago, as Albo, Albanese, was preparing for Vilnius, did not seem to merit much public reflection, uh, reflection on his part. Crean was the earlier Labour minister who, as opposition leader in Parliament, reprimanded visiting George W. Bush, the U.S. president in the early 2000s, for illegally invading Iraq. How I wish for some of that courage in our present government. And we certainly need it more Mm. than ever. And I wonder, Jacques, has anyone even asked Richard Miles in an interview whose rules... And what order he refers to when speaking about mm-hmm. a rules-based that's, that's order. Right. Or, or is the assumption that we all agree with the dominant US order <laughs> it, um, that the rules should uphold? That's you know, right. is, is that what he's assuming? But yeah. I'd love someone to really ask a lot more questions Be clear about, about that. that, yeah. So just briefly to return to the big issues we need to face in our country as in the rest of the world and which demand our attention rather than spend time and billions on war games. At the start of the program, we mentioned the environment as one of the issues that really should get more of our attention. So listeners may be interested in knowing how our intention to increase our military involvement and our investments in the military may actually impact on our environment. Dr. Stuart Parkinson 
formed the science, scientists for global responsibility. He summarized the latest research on what is and isn't known about the size of global military carbon e emissions. Mm -hmm. Academic research points out that the U.S. Department of Defense is probably the world's largest single institutional consumer of oil. Mm. Based on initial scoping of the publicly available data, Scientists for Global Responsibility published in 2022 a report as their contribution to the COP27 climate negotiations. They estimated the global military carbon footprint to be approximately 2,750 million tons of carbon dioxide, or 5.5% of global well, that's emissions. Incredible! You never hear about uh, that. When no, you are certainly do. About global emissions. The largest fraction of the total footprint was for to supply chain emissions. To supply chain emissions, in the world's militaries, where as if the world mil. The world's military, uh, militaries were a single nation. This estimate would put it fourth behind China, the U.S. and India, but above Russia and Japan on the emissions ladder. Mm. So the, the, the fourth largest emitter. Mm. And five and a half percent of mm. global emissions. That's, That's incredible. Mm. And not to speak of all the direct damage of, the mili of military action to environments, to human lives, and the misdirection of money and other resources into deliberately destructive activities. And, and the lack of resourcing um, for areas that really matter for human and environmental well-being, mm -hmm. all that direction of our resources and our yeah. wealth. Yeah, in, indeed, the questionable morality of dedicating citizens' taxes to contribute to profits of the military-industrial-financial complex, producing human and ecological destruction. The mind should actually boggle. Yes, and on to community announcements, Jacques. And, if, and listeners, if your mind is boggling and your heart is outraged <laughs> and you are outraged, you are not alone. <laughs> so don't be despondent. There is a great ground, groundswell of activism you can join to oppose AUKUS and the militaristic and nuclear directions we're taking as a nation. The deal is far from done especially if we, the people, <laughs> keep up the fight together, and we must. So on the 6th of August, there's a rally for peace, not war. That's the 6th of August at the State Library at 1pm. The rally is organised by the No AUKUS Coalition. Uh, and the No AUKUS Coalition is a collaboration of unions, community organisations, faith groups and progressive and socialist groups and individuals. And you can also join the Friends of the Earth Nuclear Free Collective in their monthly action meetings. And for more information, um, you can go to the website uh, www.melbournefoe.org.au forward slash nuclear. Or just go to the Friends of the Earth uh, website and also a, a, a recent development too, which I think is really um, heartening. Marybeck Council has made a formal stand against the use of nuclear power and weapons and has declared Marybeck a nuclear-free zone. 
This decision reflects Council's commitment to the safety and wellbeing of the community and support for global peace and security. And so we'd really, we're really looking forward to other councils mm-hmm. following the Mary Beck mm-hmm. lead. So speak about it. Thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio and thinking again about the matters we raised. And thanks for discussing these issues with people around you and the actions many of you are taking with other people and groups, especially fighting for a peaceful and sustainable future. If you want to send us a message, you can email borderlands at borders at borderlands.org.au. Our past programs are available by podcast on a variety of platforms and via the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. Meanwhile, please enjoy Milku Mana by King Stingray. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.